Hi, I'm Spiker Cunningham from the employment team at Paris Smith and I'm joined today by my colleague Claire who I'll let introduce herself. Hi everyone, my name's Claire Merritt and I'm a partner in the employment law team here at Paris Smith. In this podcast, we're going to be looking at how to manage poor performance in your business. We'll be talking about why performance management is important, the key components of your performance management system when you set one up, and how you address concerns regarding poor performance when employees are unfortunately not performing. So firstly, Claire, why do you think performance management is so important for for businesses? Well, I think that's a great question. Obviously, performance of your staff drives your business. So there's a commercial imperative there, first of all. But also, I think it's really important around the communication between managers and their employees. Um, It's really important to identify issues with employees early on, identify if someone's struggling, identify if there's problems with their training um, so they can understand what's going on. Obviously, there's a reciprocal benefit that hopefully the employees feel motivated and driven to to achieve their best because their managers are interested and they're putting the steps in place they need to um, properly uh, perform. Um, Obviously, a lot of employees also really gain from that feedback. Um, I think it's an interesting uh, change to the way um, employees are managed is that actually a a lot of employees do need positive encouragement, positive reinforcement. And actually without that, um, uh, you know, approving of positive performance as well as tackling maybe issues with it, employees become um, demotivated, lose morale, and there could be um, looking for opportunities to go elsewhere. So I think the important thing about performance management is it's, yes, a business imperative, but there's also lots and lots of good reasons, long-term reasons to tackle performance within every organisation. So, and I suppose this is really topical at the moment, how has performance management been affected by the pandemic, Tobitha? I mean, I think it's fair to say that good performance management is challenging at the best of times and obviously we have not been living in the best of times I think what we've seen is employers have understandably lost focus on performance management because every week every month we've been faced with a different issue and whether that's restrictions or disruptions to the workforce and also think it's been much harder to manage employees when employees have been suffering from personal connected issues whether that's childcare or absences due to self-isolation so I, I think we've been very much on survival mode during the pandemic and lots of issues have probably slipped through the radar particularly particularly when employees have been working from home I think it's difficult for managers to have these um, kind of challenging conversations at the best of times where performance issues have arisen and it's even harder to have those remotely so I think there probably have been lots more performance issues over the last year that, that just haven't been tackled because understandably the focus has been elsewhere I think the difficulty that we have is that we all went into this thinking it would be a month of disruption and and here we are over a year later and I think it's really important now that we come back to the issue of performance management because we are hopefully gearing up to to return to normal and but that normal is going to look different in terms of some employees might still be working from home some managers might be working from home um, and we might be working in in more flexible ways and I think it's a great time to to look at 
a refocus on performance management and and how we're going to manage that um, across businesses and I think it's also employees that have been in that state of limbo it it is now looking for the future of you know we don't want to put things like promotions on hold or pay rises or you know career progression has has not been a, a focus over the last year or so but but people are going to want to come back to that as well. Yeah, I think that's such a good point, Tabitha, because it really, we are reaching the new normal, as much as everybody hates that phrase. Um, and the new normal is going to depend on us all, you know, performance managing in a new way and in a flexible way. So actually, now's a really good time to start investing in that, isn't it? Yeah. And as you said at the start, you know, happy employees are productive employees. So actually, where we want to, um, you know, manage our businesses and, and be as productive and profitable as, as possible, then having happy employees is, is a great uh, way to, to do that. I mean, what do you see, Claire, as the kind of key components to performance management now? Um, I think that's interesting. I think it's interesting that you use the phrase now because I do think that's changed. Traditionally, performance management was limited to you know once a year an appraisal um having a chat about someone's performance and actually it was pretty isolated you know um some businesses were much better than that but a lot of businesses that I've dealt with have you know getting those annual appraisals done is a is a task in itself so um I think the pandemic has demonstrated that we need to be agile and we need to move quickly and I don't think performance management can be a yearly thing anymore it needs to be continuous and obviously the best uh, and most productive employers have had continuous performance Mm -hmm. management Um, but equally you know there needs to at least be some structure around that performance management especially if there's more homeworking and more flexible working going forward Um, performance management needs to be responsive and it needs to really be built into day-to-day relationships you know management one of the key elements of any manager is to manage performance so I think the key elements that I see that are now the bedrock of performance management are to have regular communication um I can't tell you how many times my heart has sunk when I've had someone um, approach, you know, a client approach me saying, oh, we need to dismiss somebody. This person's no good for the business. They haven't been performing for years, potentially. And I say, oh, OK, so what conversations have you had about that? And they'll say, none. (laughs) (laughs) And what would, or you know, sometimes what, what was their last appraisal say? absolutely fine they've always got their performance bonuses for instance Mm. these sorts of things so I I think we need to be much more regular than no conversations at all or annual appraisals building in those regular discussions whether they are monthly some industries may be weekly um, some industries may be even daily having those sort of very short sharp discussions about performance uh, and making sure they're there obviously as a lawyer I would also say have some documentary um, you know have something written down about that even if it's just a a quick one-liner said you know talk to this employee about this you know development on the right track or something you know having something written down on a regular basis it really should be an integral part of every manager's job and the second um, point that I would make about the importance of performance management would be communication so 
that communication needs to be really clear to the employee. Um, they really need to understand what's expected of them. Again, to Bartha, we will know the stories about job descriptions. Yeah. The job descriptions is 10 years out of date. Oh, they don't do any of that anymore. Yeah, we, we, it's all adapted. It's really important to have your up-to-date job description showing what someone is expected to do and what they do as part of their role. But more than that, it's also about providing feedback on performance, how things are going, if there's any issues and, and how they, they need to be dealt with. So I think communication is absolutely key. And the final point I would make is I think that we also need to be really specific. I think that's, that's you know, dovetails together with the, mm. the previous points. Let's be really specific about what we want, what we expect from people and what we need to achieve and tailor that. Again, we've all been in situations where performance criteria is judged across a whole swathe of people. We're very used to the idea of reasonable adjustments, maybe, for those who are disabled. But actually, why don't we tailor those requirements so much more to specific jobs? Um, You know, certain targets may not be appropriate for um, everyone within your um, organisation. And there's no shame in having different um, targets, different um, either financial targets or specific uh, project-led targets, those sorts of things for whoever um, you have in your your, um, employment. So I think those are three really key tenets of modern performance management. And I think you're right in relation to being specific, because I think, again, working from home has shown that people have different skills and and want different things out of their careers. So actually, rather than saying everyone that does this role has to do it exactly the same, you know, why aren't we developing someone that that wants to add to their skill set or is willing to take on more responsibility to say, well, actually, we will help you to do this. And then our expectations meet those requirements equally where someone wants to take a slightly different tack it can be really motivating for employees if we we help them look at where they want to go and then set them um, you know additional tasks or responsibilities that tie in with that rather than them thinking you know I think I've got more to give and it's not being asked of me yeah and and you're getting so much more from your employees if you're doing Mm. that as well rather than just expecting a baseline you drive people who want to do more but you equally make sure everyone else reaches the baseline as well so that's a really good idea so Tabitha I'm glad glad you're asking answering this question because I think it's a big one um so next question how do you set up a performance management system I mean it would be lovely if we could say you follow steps a b and c and, and you have a perfect performance management system wouldn't it I mean I think they will always be different. And as you've said, actually, it's not one size fits all for each employer, but it's not even one size fits all within your own business. You'll have some employees who, um, you know, their day to day tasks may be very similar and and you don't need to sit down with them regularly. And you'll have other employees whose work is very varied or they they need closer support and supervision and, and their performance management will look very different as well. I think, as you've said, in its structure and, and some kind of documentation processes is really helpful to ensure a consistent approach across the business and to make sure you're recording your good work as well. So I think firstly sitting down and saying how often realistically do we want managers to, to formally 
sit down with employees how often do we want them to have informal chats in between to set a framework of you know not on this day but on a monthly basis we expect you to do this with employees or, or on a quarterly basis or, or what have you and looking at, at what those meetings should look like whether they are remote whether they are a one-to-one whether we have team catch-ups and individual catch-ups um I think it, it's a balance between aiming high but making it realistic because if you have a system which managers don't have time for we all know that it will slip and it won't happen. And um, so it, it's that balance of, you know, perhaps starting off slightly lower than your ideal in terms of the time commitment and, and working towards a, a, a better system as, as you get into the swing of it. I think the most important thing you can do is actually invest in your managers. I think a common problem is a manager gets to be a manager of employees, not because of their people skills, but because they were good at their job. And then suddenly they're asked to do less of their job which they probably enjoyed and and more managing people which they probably enjoy less if if that's not their skill set so I I think looking at managers own targets and having a key key part of their role is is managing employees and that they will be assessed on on their ability to do that and and trained and supported to do that can really pay dividends because if managers are confident at having these conversations they're more likely to have them so I would say get a system in place and then invest in your managers in terms of training them so they're they're comfortable um, in having those conversations and as they start to have these conversations with employees they will find that it, it reaps benefits for them as well um, and I think we're then looking at the targets as you mentioned you know how are we going to set targets as a business and, and what will they look like um, usually you will have annual targets but then at least some review points and and an ability to change tack um, as we've seen in the last year you can't predict what's going to happen in a year so it's important that targets don't become um, kind of out of date um, or stale because again they're not going to be motivating um, obviously your targets should always be smart so we're saying they're specific they're measured they're achievable they're relevant and they're time bound and I, I think the trick to get right is to set goals at the right level so that they are not too challenging which can be demotivating if employees simply think I, I can't achieve them um, or they're not too easy so that some employees are, are sitting around not feeling challenged as well um, and as you've said I, I think the key is to try and make um, feedback a regular part of the role it, it should never be you know, an employee is told at a formal review meeting that they're they're poorly performing and that's the first they've heard of it. Ideally, it should be that consistent, you know, I've seen you've sent that piece of work to me. It was great. Next time, let's do X, Y and Z or what have you so that it is immediate ongoing learning experience for employees rather than a um, criticising them You know, six months later when when everyone's forgotten the specifics of it. I mean, going back to you, Claire, once we've got some kind of system in place that we're happy with, how do you then use it to manage an employee that we identify is poorly performing? So, and, and this is where you get to, you have your system in place, it lifts up the people that are doing well, it, you know, keeps people on track who are on, you know, on the right performance curve, but then it highlights people that are poorly performing. Um, and what I would always say is that any performance management, even when you get up to the legally kind of um, 
uh, you know set out through um, case law and and the um, Employment Rights Act uh, process it's all about trying to get that employee to improve (laughs) that's the focus on it so um, again we've had clients saying someone's poorly performing we want to get rid of them that is not the ideal solution it's not the best practice solution Um, sometimes it may be needed but actually what you should be doing is not ignoring the elephant in the room until it becomes such a big elephant that you you know it's going to destroy the room around you Mm. Um, you tackle it as soon as you can so if there is poor performance you have those conversations in a small way to start off with, um, you have that simple conversation about how someone is going, uh, you know, how it's going with that person and, and what are the issues there. Um, you know, if you're noticing an employee making mistakes and not delivering on their targets, it's really important to offer assistance. What can we do to help? I think it's also important, which we haven't talked about in much detail so far, to really look into the reasons behind that poor performance. Is it related to a health issue? Is that triggering some obligations regarding disability? Is it about a personal circumstance that this person maybe needs a bit of time off of work or a bit of leniency with work to resolve? Um, Is it a training deficit? I've mentioned that before. You know, Mm. I don't actually understand this system. I'm really struggling with it. you know, you need to focus on these background issues to really understand the poor performance. And that's the point that you start tackling them and having those conversations and providing that support as needed. Um, You know, hopefully, by having those small, simple conversations to start off with, it doesn't escalate. And also the employee is more receptive to taking those comments on board because we all know what it's like when you feel you're you're being attacked you become defensive and actually it doesn't achieve the result that is needed so if those small interventions don't work at that point you are looking at informal performance management um and i'll, I'll allow tabatha she's going to talk a little bit more about this in, in a second but formal performance management is um going to be Um, kind of the legal hard process and you may have a policy for that but you would expect to go through an informal process first which really talks to people on an informal basis without having any kind of warnings or anything about the issues and at that point set them some targets to try and get them to improve so they don't end up in the formal process so everything is about trying to improve people rather than actually berate them for for maybe their performance and I suppose that leads on nicely to to your next question, which is what do you do if an employee's performance doesn't improve after that sort of initial phase? I mean, as you said, Claire, the whole process is designed to try and prevent you from getting there, because ideally, if we're picking up on problems before they become bigger um, and investing in, in our kind of in, informal process to help employees improve, you know, we hope that we don't have to go down a formal performance route with employees. But it, it often does happen for various reasons, either whether it's um, an employee that's that's relatively new in that role or uh, where perhaps the requirements of the role have changed or, or they're um, si- simply struggling with with a role due to um, you know, personal reasons or, or changes 
in in the expectations that you have but as Claire said we're still talking about improving performance even when we're we're going down a formal process so we're just treating it in a more formal way so we would usually formally investigate the performance concerns so we're looking back at the informal process we're giving the employee upfront details of of what our concerns are whether that's you know these are the mistakes that we've picked up on over the last few weeks or these are the concerns regarding you know the style that you're communicating with our customers or these are you know the the issues that we've identified and then we're inviting them to a formal meeting to to consider those concerns and what we talk about in that meeting will be very similar to the informal meeting but the difference is we've we've given them the information up front in writing we've allowed them to be accompanied at that meeting by an employee or a trade union rep and we're notifying them in advance that this meeting might result in a formal warning being given to them Um, and then we sit down with the employee and we discuss our concerns they have the opportunity to to respond to the concerns and if we're still concerned about their performance we will end the meeting by giving them a a first written warning which may be um, set out in your performance or capability process with a time scale to improve and again during that warning period the onus is on the employer to help that employee meet the target so the target should be feasible and they should be consistent with your expectations on other employees and we should be giving them help and support to do that whether that's additional support from their manager or another colleague or or sitting down or giving them more training or, or whatever it is we think would help we then sit down with them again at the end of the review period and discuss whether they have improved or they haven't obviously if they have improved we we would then leave the formal process there if we feel that they haven't improved we would then go through another formal meeting process again with the right to be accompanied which might result in a final written warning exactly the same opportunity to improve and and we need to continue to help and support them to do so and then if if ultimately they don't meet the the required improvement when then looking at a, a formal dismissal meeting and a dismissal with notice I think one of the the most common issues that we see in that formal process is it can be very stressful for employees and employers alike and um, so often as as part of that we might get some form of sickness absence from the employee due to to the work-related stress it's causing them um, or or other issues being raised perhaps where the employee doesn't agree that they're being treated fairly Um, so it 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 is a lengthy process to go through if it if it's plain sailing and that if you agree Claire but often it is not plain sailing um, because the there is a reason that the employee hasn't performed or some other underlying issue there so unfortunately they can get um, kind of beset by by delays due to absence or perhaps related grievances in relation to how they're they're being managed so it it can be a a difficult process to, to go through and ultimately quite an investment in time so I think where managers are saying they don't have the time to address things informally and and as you go along you know my my answer is always it you know you don't want to be speaking to Claire and I in relation to the performance management dismissal because that's going to be a large proportion of time as well so where possible if we can invest the time up front to avoid that I, I think then everyone wins in the long run yeah. and I think one of the one of the key questions I get asked all the time is how long do you set targets for mm-hmm. And therefore, how long 
does it does, take does it take the form you know so if you're working on a kind of three warnings to mm. a dismissal stage and that is just how long is a piece of string because mm. it's going to depend on your business it's going to depend on that type of or your organization the type of work that they do how quickly can they demonstrate improvement to you you know generally a month would be the absolute minimum and that would have to be a job that you could very rapidly show improvement and you could be confident that the support mechanisms can rapidly show improvement most of the time it's going to be three months or or around that Mm. sort of period so actually these these are long periods of time appropriately so because the employee needs an opportunity to learn adapt improve um but yeah, it's it's not a quick fix process. It is it is a slog, really, um, and it yeah can be beset by all sorts of problems along the way. Mm. But I would say it is so important to address them though, because it it's not just that employee. But but where I often see issues is if there's an employee that's performing poorly and it's not being addressed. Actually, other members of that team can start to notice and resent that issue um, and it can almost re- result in either a, a, a bit of a um, reluctance on other employees to carry someone else's weight if that's what they're perceiving or potentially good employees leaving because they feel that that their um, performance isn't valid uh, isn't valued um, because others poor performance is allowed to continue if that makes sense so I I think it's important to recognize it's it's not just that employee it, it is all employees that if we manage um, and assist all employees to reach their potential then that that really does benefit everyone in yeah. the business 100% if the team is all functioning at a good performance level everyone's happier than than peaks and troughs within a team mm. Um, and obviously because we're dealing with people that is a, a hard yeah. thing to achieve but uh, <laughs> as I said I think consistency and, and that good communication that, that Claire mentioned at the beginning is a, a really good starting point to to minimize these issues getting to the the more serious stage okay well thank you for joining us I really hope that you found it useful if you would like any further information on performance management issues please do contact either Claire or myself all of our contact details are on our website at www.parasmith.co.uk thank you thank you thanks for joining us